Welcome to Hot Topics in Kidney Health, brought to you by the National Kidney Foundation. Each episode, we highlight the latest in kidney research, bring you up-to-date news in kidney care, dispel myths, and answer your kidney health questions. Make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to help more people with kidney disease discover us. We really appreciate it. Now, on with the show. The holiday season is a time for joy, festivities, and family gatherings. But for people with kidney disease, this time of year can present unique challenges. Patients have to actively protect their health. Some may need to restrict their diet or watch their fluid restrictions. All in all, it can be physically and emotionally taxing. In this special bonus episode, you will hear two recent episodes from our professional-focused podcast, Kidney Commute, where our expert speakers will dive into the world of maintaining kidney health during the holidays. My name is Dory Minch, a transplant social worker at Wake Forest Baptist Hospital, and it is my pleasure to be leading today's discussion about travel and holidays for dialysis patients. Having a chronic illness can be difficult for anyone, and having a chronic illness that requires pre-planning for travel to obtain three times or more weekly dialysis sessions, diet and fluid restrictions with family to consider can be taxing not only physically, but emotionally. In this episode, you will gain insight into the patient experience of planning around the holidays and the interprofessional team's insight into the best education you can provide for your patients for the best holiday outcomes. Joining me today is this uniquely qualified interprofessional team to discuss this topic, and I'm going to pass it to them to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Osama Al-Shami. I'm a nephrologist at Vanderbilt University Medical Center, and happy to be here. My name is Jessa Ingelkin. I am a registered dietitian with the UW Transplant Clinic um, in Madison, Wisconsin, and I see a lot of patients that are in need of a kidney transplant, both with chronic kidney disease and with end-stage renal disease that are on dialysis. I'm Joyce Virgili. I'm a renal dietitian at Health Alliance of the Hudson Valley Dialysis Center in Kingston, New York. Hi, my name is Malini Alvarez. I am an in-center patient in Queens, New York. Hi, my name is Beth Shanneman. I'm a dietitian at Northwest Kidney Centers in Seattle, and I have no relevant disclosures at this time. Hi, my name is Kendria Dinsmore. I'm a patient advocate from Illinois. I spent 13 years on dialysis, and I'm two years post-transplant. Malini, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like to have to plan to travel for the holidays? Well, it's kind of stressful, but you'll get used to it after a couple of years. You have to plan. You have to make sure that you know where you're going to eat, how, what you're going to eat, and how it's going to be prepared. In my experience as a dialysis social worker, I remember the holidays being um, especially stressful in the unit. Not only are there schedule changes to accommodate the actual holiday itself, but also working in the process of obtaining chairs and locations for patients that want to travel, and, and we call that going transient. And so the process for that can take upwards of 30 to 60 days, especially during the holiday, because you want to get your request in first. There are certain labs that need to be drawn, and patients just have a really hard time having to pre-plan. It's, it's a big adjustment. As Malini just said, after a couple of years, you get used to it. Well, a patient that's just started dialysis maybe in November 
and have plans to travel for the holidays, it may be too late to find a chair. And that's a really difficult conversation to have with patients. And so, Melanie, what about any diet and fluid restrictions that you have to follow? How do you follow and work with your family to organize that or help them to understand? Well, I try to not eat everywhere. I come from a Latino family and they love to feed you. But you have to be very cautious on where you eat, who you eating from, and make sure they prepare it as well as possible. Like, for example, potato salad. You have to make sure that they prepare it without certain seasonings and stuff like that. It's hard. You get used to it, but it's, it's hard to adjust. I know that is, and and I commend all the work that you and your family do to have a successful outcome. Joyce, from a dialysis perspective, what recommendations do you make for your patients around the holidays? Well, following all the dietary recommendations for dialysis, which include limiting sodium, potassium, phosphorus, fluid, a whole list of things is challenging any time of year, but it's even more so during the holidays. I will sometimes initiate a discussion about navigating the holidays in terms of food choices and meal planning with my patients, and sometimes my patients will bring it up. If my patients broach the topic, of course, I'll answer their questions and address their concerns. For example, they might want to know if sweet potatoes have less potassium than white potatoes. They don't. Or they might want to know which pie, apple pie or pumpkin pie, is the better choice for them. It's apple. I also offer all patients a printed holiday eating guide that my colleague and I had uh, created a few years ago. And I give them that that handout, but I also like to briefly verbally review some of the main points in the guide. And these include the fact that the center of many holiday meals is usually meat or poultry, whether it be turkey, pork loin, fresh, meaning uncured ham, beef brisket, that sort of thing, all of which are high in protein and high protein foods are very beneficial for people on dialysis because people on dialysis do have high protein needs. So I like to start off by emphasizing the positive aspects of the meal rather than emphasizing the foods in the quote, avoid or limit category. With regard to meat and poultry, though, I do encourage patients to read food labels and make sure they are purchasing items that are truly kidney friendly. In the case of uh, meat and poultry, this means reading food labels and avoiding foods that have the word FOS, P-H-O-S, such as sodium phosphate in the ingredient list, because those foods tend to be very high in phosphorus and sodium. I also let my patients know uh, to avoid uh, red flag terms such as enhanced, injected, marinated, brined, and basted. And as you've all said so far, I I agree, planning ahead is is truly key. Chances are patients know that they're going to splurge a little bit, as we all do during the holidays. So adjusting the breakfast meal to allow for some indulgences later on in the day might be a good strategy. So I recommend eating a high protein breakfast that's low in sodium, phosphorus, and potassium, such as two eggs with toast and an espresso instead of a whole cup of coffee to help limit fluid intake. 
And I remind them if they are going to someone else's home or to a restaurant for the holiday meal to bring their phosphate binders and to actually maybe take a few extra binders with them if they plan to eat foods that are high in phosphorus like cheese or eggnog. And then I also like to point out that there is quite a long list of kidney-friendly choices in the Holiday Eating Guide. And again, emphasizing foods that are recommended to eat versus those that are probably better to avoid or limit. And this list includes a variety of vegetables like carrots, cauliflower, collard greens, green beans, salad greens, appetizers such as celery with cream cheese, sides such as rice, noodles, homemade stuffing, and cranberry sauce, and desserts such as apple and cherry pie. And in reviewing the foods to limit or avoid list, I do show them that even though potatoes and sweet potatoes are on that list, that there are ways to lower the potassium content. Soaking the potatoes overnight, we've learned from more recent research is actually not necessary. What needs to be done, and this is evidence-based, is simply a, a double boil of potatoes or sweet potatoes or any other kind of tuber. And that involves peeling and dicing the potatoes, putting them in twice the amount of water as, as you have potatoes. So if you have four cups of potato using eight cups of water, bringing it to a boil, throwing out that water, dumping out that water, bringing them to a boil again and cooking them until they're done. And this lowers the potassium by about 40%. So while it doesn't exactly make the potatoes a low potassium food, it does allow patients to enjoy moderate portions, say a half a cup of what might be one of their favorite holiday meals. Finally, I encourage patients to make as many dishes from scratch as possible, and this helps to control sodium, which is very important as others have mentioned. So for example, making turkey stuffing from day-old bread and low or reduced sodium broth instead of using a stuffing mix can cut the sodium content in half. And I do provide a few recipes to my patients and also let them know websites such as vita.com, where they can get more recipes. That's really good information, Joyce. And can you speak just briefly on any consequences our patients may have if these recommendations are not followed? Most people, you know, not just those on dialysis do tend to overeat during the holidays and that's simply a reality. So we are all going to suffer the consequence of unwanted weight gain perhaps, and for somebody who has diabetes, there might be some higher than normal blood glucose values as a result of not strictly following all of the dietary recommendations. But for people on dialysis, dietary indiscretions can also cause high blood potassium as well as fluid overload. And these are the two things that we really worry about the most because both conditions can land the patient in the emergency room or even lead to a hospital admission. And high potassium or hyperkalemia can actually cause cardiac arrest. So of course we want to do everything we can to help our patients enjoy their time with their family and friends and not end up seriously ill or in the hospital. So Jessa, from a transplant perspective, are there any recommendations you can make with holiday meals? 
Yes. So from a transplant perspective, I often talk with patients about food safety during the holidays. This is especially important for patients who are post-transplant that are on those immunosuppressive medications, but definitely is important for all kidney patients. So I usually like to follow the food safety guidelines from the U.S. government. So foodsafety.gov They have a lot of great resources for food safety, whether it's handouts or websites that can be helpful for healthcare providers to give to their patients and start a discussion with around the holiday season. Many of these follow the clean, separate, cook, and chill guidelines, which is typically what I talk with patients about as well. Um, So for cleaning, making sure surfaces are clean, hands are washed, making sure um, produce is properly washed as well. I also tell people not to wash their meat or poultry. This is a common mistake that people make in the kitchen. It actually contributes to a greater spread of bacteria. For the separate guideline, I talk with patients about making sure they're using different cutting boards for produce and raw meat so that there isn't any cross-contamination. I also recommend that they put their raw meat into a separate part of the grocery cart so it's not crossing over with their produce. Keeping things separate in the fridge as well because raw meat can drip down and that's something that we want to avoid. The next thing that I talk with patients about is making sure that they're cooking foods thoroughly, especially their meat, fish, and eggs. And I like to provide them with a reference handout that highlights the different cooking temperatures for each of those things and making sure that they're reheating their leftovers to 165 degrees after taking them out of the refrigerator. I do encourage patients to purchase a meat thermometer. That way they're able to truly tell what the temperature is versus just looking at the food. And then the last thing I talk about is chilling foods. So making sure that their perishable foods are put in the fridge within two hours. This is a common issue I see with a lot of family gatherings where the food is kind of left out on the counter and people are nibbling on it all day, but it's important to get it back into the fridge. And the last thing being um, making sure that they are not thawing meat on the counter. Meat should actually be thawed in the fridge. Leaving it out on the counter puts it at a higher risk for it being in the temperature danger zone. I also encourage patients to jump to the front of the line when they're eating at family gatherings. This helps to prevent spreading germs before everyone else has been touching all of the spoons and utensils and making sure everyone has washed their hands before eating. I also recommend avoiding eating any raw dough or batter because of the raw eggs in that food. One other important item I talk with transplant patients about is watching their sodium intake over the holidays. The more sodium they have, the more fluid retention, the higher risk for fluid overload. So I talk with them about other options for seasonings. So using garlic powder instead of garlic salt or fresh garlic, using black pepper or some of the salt substitutes like Mrs. Dash. We want to make sure that food tastes good, but we also want to make sure that they are watching their fluid retention as well. 
So for patients who are not yet on dialysis and are watching their protein intake or patients with high phosphorus, plant-based proteins are a good option during the holidays. So trying to focus on beans, making sure to rinse them if they're canned to get rid of that extra salt, trying protein like tofu or tempeh or unsalted nuts and seeds or nut butters are great options as well um, for getting protein, but not too much. And then also avoiding increasing their phosphorus levels to too high of an amount. So we've talked about generalizations of diet and travel restrictions. Jessa, are there any cultural considerations we should be aware of? It's important to remember that patients do come from all walks of life and different cultures, and there are so many different holidays throughout the year. And food is a really important piece that brings people together. So I like to encourage healthcare providers to ask their patients to bring in their menu or their plan for holidays, look at it together and see if there are any places where maybe they could tweak things to make it a little bit healthier for their kidney disease. There is a great website from the USDA called Food Data Central, where you can search for different ingredients and recipes, and it gives you a nutrient profile analysis. So you can look together with your patient and see exactly how much sodium or how much phosphorus or potassium. And that's a great opportunity to sit with your patient and think about ways to make their meal a little bit healthier. Osama, from your perspective, what are some challenges in managing patients during the holidays? One of the things that we uh, consider when we're assessing patients during that time, especially, is the weight gain that we see between dialysis sessions. Uh, A lot of times patients drink more fluids, consume more salt, and therefore we tend to see higher weight gains, sometimes north of three kilograms right, between those sessions for patients. And we also have to assess blood pressures, right, for um, medication noncompliance and increased fluid intake can contribute to, to that. Potassium can also be a problem because they tend to consume more of certain foods that normally they don't consume otherwise during the course of the year. And these are all things that we look into when we're uh, assessing patients. I know from a nutritionist perspective, other things that that we see and deal with are uh, phosphorus levels, right? Because of the phosphorus content in foods and compliance with the phosphorus binders. But uh, for the most part, from a dialysis perspective, these are the culmination of things that we tend to most often encounter and have to, to deal with. And do you have any recommendations to mitigate these challenges? Normally for patients who we know consumed foods that are higher in potassium, if they're on a three potassium bath, and this is for the in-center dialysis patients, then we dialyze against the two potassium bath. That tends to help mitigate this issue. Now, you can't really do that so much for volume. So if they gained a lot of fluid during that time, we try to maximize the amount of fluid that we're removing, but within an acceptable range for those patients, because removing too much fluid in one session is not safe for patients. So sometimes what we do is we can bring the patient for an additional session that we call an ultrafiltration session, where we just remove fluid without cleaning the blood per se. The other thing that we do is for our patients who are on phosphorus binders, we 
and tell them to double the dose of their binders during that time because much more than the regular snacking that they do, they tend to eat foods that are higher in phosphorus at that time. Potassium, fluids, phosphorus, that's how we try to mitigate it. And of course, making sure that the patients do not miss their treatments before the holidays and immediately after the holidays, because that's a pivotal time, especially for patients who have a history of noncompliance with their treatments at times. Kenria, what are your top challenges you face during the holiday season? I would say most of the time my um, challenges or when traveling is getting prepared to travel. So making sure doctor's appointments are in line and medicine is in line and all my prescriptions have been filled. Since being post-transplant, you have to make sure you have all your medications. So making sure I take them all with me and making sure I um, plan to eat properly, so have a proper diet, water intake, making sure I get the proper amount of water in while I'm traveling, and just scheduling. Scheduling is probably the most, um, the, the biggest issue. Those are great insights, and some of our patients who have chronic kidney disease are not transplanted, face similar challenges. Additionally, some of them also have other chronic diseases like diabetes and high blood pressure, which involves more planning and dietary restriction. We have our dietitian, Beth. Beth, what are the dietary adjustments you suggest for sodium and blood sugars? Well, first of all, food for just about anyone is such a struggle around the holidays. Food's more than just fuel for our bodies. It's about love. It's about traditions. And it's attached to positive and negative memories that we have around the holidays. And it can be a real reason to overeat or to not follow the normal things that we might be watching in our diet. By no means do I want people to avoid spending time with family or friends or following those holiday traditions because they're afraid of eating. But it is that reminder, just exactly what Candria said, is it takes a little bit more planning just so that you feel more comfortable eating and staying healthy around the holidays. Tips and tricks for watching your diet, picking foods that are important to you. Um, if there's lots of foods at the holiday that are must-haves, then just having moderate amounts of each of those. Prioritizing what's most important to you so that you can have your lower sodium uh, options or that you're managing your carbohydrates throughout the day um, and making healthy choices that lead up to the meals that you're eating. Great suggestions, Beth. How about some resources that you suggest to the patient or their care partners so that they can educate themselves more? Absolutely. There are so many excellent websites out there with recipes, everything from Northwest Kidney Centers, where I work, has great recipes, National Kidney Foundation, a lot of the dialysis providers have great recipes. There are also some things to think about when you're um, picking and choosing your foods. A lot of times we have Thanksgiving coming up next. Uh, turkey tends to be the thing on the table. And think about things like when you see the words basted and enhanced and enriched and brined, all of those words mean the same as saline or water added, which is an increase 
cost per pound for the turkey or chicken or poultry that you're buying. So it's more expensive in a world where groceries are really expensive right now. But in addition, if you can have a fresh turkey or a fresh poultry, then it doesn't have that water added uh, and that salt added that's going to make the holidays a little bit harder, um, make you thirstier, make your blood pressure go up. Turkey is a great food. It's a, it's a good protein food. Um, and being mindful of where your protein goals are for, for the holidays as well. The other, the other big one to talk about is uh, when you're at holiday events, there's lots of foods on buffets. There's lots of charcuterie boards and things like that that are a sneaky way that um, carbs and sodium get into us. It's hard to know how much you're eating if you're grazing. So being mindful of your choices, get a plate, put what you're going to eat on the plate, and then walk away and socialize with family and friends. Great insights. I also learned something about my diet habits. <laughs> Dory, what are the challenges as a social worker you see that patients face during the holiday season? <laughs> So holidays can be a really hard time for anybody with a chronic illness, um, especially somebody with a chronic illness that has dietary restrictions. Holidays can remind people of happier times when they didn't have to think about their health and when they didn't feel that everybody was looking at them and, and thinking about their health and thinking that they were sick or, or being worried about. Um, trying, you know, as Beth was saying, trying to avoid eating those holiday foods um, maybe not having time for shopping because you're feeling fatigued or or you have to fit in a nap before you can get up for that Black Friday shopping during Thanksgiving can be really overwhelming when you're thinking about um, trying to reframe the way that you used to be able to engage with your family. Some people may resent that they have this chronic illness, you know, during during the holiday season and having to deal with chronic kidney disease and may even have some knowledge about what it may look like if they ever have to go on dialysis or transplant and, and fear the future and, and the fear of the time burden related to those treatment options. We, we try to encourage people that the, the better that they can eat, the more rest that they can get, the better physiologically that they will feel, which will impact their emotional health in a, in a positive manner. Also financial constraints during the holidays. If, if people aren't feeling well and as they progress through their chronic kidney disease stages, some people aren't able to work up until they get on dialysis or, or have a transplant because they're not feeling well enough to do so. And so transitioning from a, a regular paycheck, if they had it, to a reduced paycheck or even a disability check can be really difficult during the holidays when they're wanting to purchase gifts or travel to visit families and just not financially have the time to do that. I've seen people withdraw from family functions or, or holiday parties with friends because they don't have the financial means to bring a dish to pass or a gift for a friend and, and they can have those feelings of isolation and loneliness because they, they physically have removed themselves from the situation when in all reality, I think that most people would just love to have the person there and healthy enough to enjoy the time with them. And that leads me to some feelings of loneliness and isolation during the holidays. A lot of people with kidney disease, it's an invisible disease for many people, especially if you're not a on dialysis or having had a transplant and your family doesn't know that you have it. I've encountered a lot of patients that don't reveal the fact that they have kidney disease to their loved ones and family members. And so, you know, trying to make good food choices and make good fluid choices will not bring in attention to themselves can lead them to really feel isolated and alone in that. 
or, you know, if they don't have the money to travel and they know their family has a big Thanksgiving or a big holiday party and, and they're not able to attend that, you know, those feelings of isolation can be really, really overpowering. I encourage all of my patients to speak their feelings and speak their fears. When we can put words to our emotions, we can take a lot of power away from those emotions. Eat well and, and eat and, and sleep well. Uh, maybe fill up before you get there so that you're not having to eat as much when you're there and you don't have to make excuses for it. You know, make some good uh, food choices at home. You know, looking at setting realistic goals for yourself. Look at, you know, what you've eaten in the few days before the holidays. If you really want a piece of grandma's pumpkin pie, like how can I fit that into my diet? Well, I need to keep, you know, these food items out of my diet for a couple of days before or, you know, make sure that my blood sugar control is in good range so that I can eat things like that better. It's It's a bit about planning ahead and it's a bit about just, giving yourself permission to feel what you may feel during the holidays so that it doesn't, you know, become so overpowering to you. Yeah, we do, as a physician, we do have patients express those feelings and discuss with us that how lonely they are feeling and they're scared. They may end up on dialysis, they overdo. So as Dory, you said, we do have patients who feel the fear of isolation. And some of them are even scared that they may end up on dialysis during the holiday season. So I think the suggestions you made that voicing the fears is probably the best strategy to help them with their um, feelings. So switching gears, as Kandria mentioned, travel is a and planning for travel is an essential part of the holiday season. Tori, what would be your suggestions to the patient? So there's a couple different ways that people travel, right? Usually probably a plane or driving. We know food on the road, food in an airport may not be the best food choices during the holiday season, especially as you're engaging in a meal that's moderately unhealthy for anybody. So packing snacks, um, that you know that are healthy, that you don't feel like you have to have a quick bite as you're running through the airport, making sure that you're aware of your fluid restriction and even bringing an empty water bottle if you're flying so that you can keep track of how much fluid that you are drinking. Plan in advance. Wherever you're going, identify a local pharmacy that's there in case you run out of a medicine or in case you leave a medicine at home. Your patients can actually have a prescription transferred from pharmacy to pharmacy without even having to contact the doctor's office. If the med is too early to refill and there's an insurance issue, they can use some of those pharmacy discount cards, um, GoodRx, SavingsRx. There's some really, really great ones out there that can bring down the cost and maybe they just need, you know, a week or two supply. So making sure that your patients have identified a pharmacy, that they're aware of any limited pharmacy hours, uh, make sure they're aware of a, a healthcare facility or a hospital. Um, if they can take a copy of a progress note or an HMP with them, if you see them right before the holidays and a med list to take with them. So that in case something happens, they can say, you know, here's my medical history. A lot of medical history is available, you know, through Care Everywhere and, and different electronic health records. But if you can just hand it to somebody, it can, you know, move things along a little bit faster. Making sure that your patients know what your holiday hours are in your office so that they know, you know, if they're going to call after five or after if they're going to plan to call the day before Thanksgiving and your office closes at 12 and they're calling at two, that they can have a reasonable expectation of, of when somebody can get back to them. 
So really just kind of knowing where you're going, just planning for all the things that you might need. I find that if you plan for it, you won't need it and everything just kind of <laughs> works out better in that way. And just making sure that wherever you're going, you know, if you feel comfortable sharing what's going on with your health so that people can be a little more sensitive and, and a little bit more receptive to how you're looking and how you're feeling can just be really helpful to, you know, not make your patients feel guilty about feeling poorly and then having to tell a family member or a friend that they're visiting that they're feeling poorly. You know, in all this, you know, I've, I've talked a lot about, especially in chronic kidney disease, there's often not a social worker, a dietitian, or a pharmacist in those nephrology offices for social workers to have these conversations. So I keep saying, you know, tell your patients this or tell your patients that. So, Newport, how is it that you communicate with your patients regarding dietary modifications and medication adjustments? Because it, you are probably the primary contact for this information. Yeah, story. So yeah, it does become a little challenging. And I think what we have done is we start these conversation early, like maybe pre-Halloween, because people do start eating candies and they enjoy that. So we talk about the salt in the candies and then reading food labels. Secondary after that, like Thanksgiving food, all the recommendations you and Beth had, we try to print out flyers from National Kidney Foundation websites, dialysis organization have meal plans. Furthermore, if patients are very interested, there are a lot of group classes locally, we find for them, have them sign up. Then um, if they have other medical problems like diabetes, so the blood sugars can be high. So we educate them to talk to their endocrinologist or primary care, which can help them guide them further. We do tell them our office hours that this day the clinic will not be there. They have to call the on-call number and um, tell them symptoms that they need to go to the hospital for. Like if they're really short of breath or their legs are swollen or their sugars are running more than 500. So some of these high alert things, we do educate them beforehand if they are traveling. Well, I guess Beth, I do have one final question for you. What would be your suggestions for them when they're going for a family dinner or a party? Absolutely. I think the, uh, the goal of the day is plan ahead, plan ahead, plan ahead. Uh, if you have shared with your family uh, your concerns about kidney disease, then letting them know what your diet goals are is very helpful. But if you're afraid that you will not uh, be able to have the foods that you want to eat or that you will be a burden, like Dory said, if you're asking for different foods that might take away from holiday tradition, there are ways to modify, uh, to adjust recipes that are still great options for the holidays. And then plan ahead if you are not willing to make adjustments. If grandma's recipe is grandma's recipe, then stick with that and choose lower salt options for breakfast. Have a bowl of oatmeal that's zero sodium so that you can have the saltier foods that are gonna be important later on in the day. One serving is always going to be fine. It's the leftovers and the frequent foods that you may not have the rest of the year that can sometimes sneak up on you. Pumpkin pie is uh, high potassium. If you're watching your potassium, 
a slice of pumpkin pie is going to be fine, but it's that slice of pumpkin pie late at night when you feel hungry again, and that, and that pumpkin pie in the morning for breakfast, that can certainly be a challenge. So pick the foods that are going to be important. Make a plan. Talk to your family ahead of time. Uh, bring a dish, if you're able to, that you know you're going to be able to eat. That's especially important at holiday parties. Uh, having something on the table that you feel safe eating. But the most important thing is don't be afraid to spend time with family and friends and don't let food be a barrier to that. Planning ahead can absolutely make it possible. Well, I think uh, that's uh, great that everybody, you can bring your dish and everybody can share from that too. So, Tandria, you listened and heard all of us say so many things and recommendations. What would be your recommendations or some pet peeves for people with kidney disease or a transplant? Beth has said a whole lot of things that I, I thought was perfect. You have to let your friends and family know what your issues are and tell them about your kidney disease so they'll be aware. I know sometimes that's kind of hard because we don't want to talk about it all the time, but they'll keep you on track. So if you let them know what your dietary restrictions are and what you have to do, they'll make sure if they see you sliding to help you out. I use my family and friends all the time when I travel. They, when I was on dialysis forever, they knew what my restrictions were they knew that my schedule would be a little bit off and everybody was okay with it so i think it's important that we just remember that um ckd is not our life and that we're in control of it and that we can do whatever anybody else does we just have to do it a little bit different but we can enjoy our friends and family and have a good time and not worry so much so sometimes we just need to take the stress off a little bit and like beth said don't have multiple um don't have extra helpings, just have the one helping. So you don't have to have all the leftovers and all of those things. Just have what, you, what you're supposed to and make sure you're not eating a whole lot of processed foods. And I think everything will be okay. Agree. So any final thoughts or takeaways for our listeners you all would like to add? So I think all of this information is really great. And it's hard in the pre-dialysis stage with kidney disease because your patients aren't going to have that support network. Um, but I would also encourage any provider that is working with a CKD patient um, who is facing dialysis to encourage them to have these preemptive conversations about transplant. And, you know, and maybe in the holidays may be a great time to do that. People are very generous and they hear these wonderful heartfelt stories about their loved one who may need some support and may need some love. And this may be a great opportunity for your patients to share that with their with their family members and their family members may be led to talk more about it and tell other people about it and just sort of get it going in their head that, you know, hey, my aunt needs a transplant and or may need a transplant and and how do i feel about being a living donor for her they can give your patient is keeping them off of dialysis and so i would encourage you know as providers as much as a patient's comfortable sharing their story and and sharing the fact that they may need a transplant to share that story in order to you know have their loved ones help them my best advice is Absolutely spend time over the holidays with family and friends and don't let food be a barrier. Let it be a support. Let it be a tradition. Let it be a way that you show them that you love them. Let's summarize a few takeaway points from today's episode. 
Encourage your patients to plan in advance. Using resources such as DaVita.com and others that are linked in PERC can help to empower your patients and staff to provide accurate information. Pre-planning on the part of providers is important as well to avoid hospitalization. Targeting education to individuals who are known to have hospitalizations around this time of year may prevent the stay. And finally, creating handouts can support your patients to share their dietary needs with family members who are helping to prepare the meal. Thank you to all our panel members for their contributions to this important discussion. Thank you for listening. Do you have any questions? Email us directly with your comments and suggestions at nkfpodcasts@kidney.org. We hope you will join us next time. And from all of us at NKF, we wish you good health.